Welcome to the Nightly Rant. I'm Mike. And I'm Toria. This is the show where we talk about the awful things that have happened in our day, the awesome things that have happened in our day, and all the things in between. Thanks for listening, and we truly hope you enjoy. So, the night that you didn't feel good, I did an episode by myself. Did you? And I talked about the CNN guy, Jim Acosta, I almost couldn't remember his name, and how they had taken away his press pass, and he was suing to get it back. So what was the reasoning they revoked this press pass? They said that he was essentially obnoxious and disrespectful. Okay. If he was doing what the media says he was doing, he was being obnoxious and disrespectful. Well, yeah, there's numerous op-ed pieces out there that say, hey, I'm I'm a reporter. I've been a reporter my whole life. And what he did was rude and not proper procedure. Because isn't the point of being a reporter to ask questions to gain information, not barf your opinion at people to make somebody stutter? Right. Got it. Just making sure I wasn't confused yeah, about that. Yeah, and that's what the whole issue is. He didn't ask a question. He made a statement. Right. He expressed his own opinion on a topic. It's like what they said when we were at Politicon. When they would have the Q&A period at the end. They would tell the people, you're not coming up here to get on your soapbox. You're coming up here to ask a question. If you don't ask a question, you're done. going to tell you to shut up. Yeah. Specifically Clay Aiken. Yeah. Well, and he's right, though. <laughs> right. Especially in that situation, because people do tend to use, like when you go to city council meetings, they use the... Um, open speaking time is like a platform for them to just go on and on and on. I know at the Board of Supervisors meetings, I haven't seen one in a little while, but I know that there was a guy that would come there all the time and he had his whole agenda that, you know, all of them were criminals and that they were, you know, purposely like running the county like a mafia would and that they were working together and they were colluding with one another to do all these awful things. And he would speak for his three minutes and they would have to listen. Mm-hmm. And then he would come back at the next meeting. And I thought it was only one minute now. He Well, yeah, it got cut down. But he And then he would come back and next time he would go a little further into his speech. And then a little further into his speech. And, a little further, and he just got his whole speech out by little tiny snippets of time. Well, good for him. And that's what that time is supposed to be for. That's almost what they should have done at Politicon. It's had a time limit. You have one minute to ask your question. <laughs> yeah, I so said people wouldn't ramble on and on and on and on like some people did. Right, because there was that one session we sat in on. that The person told like a 45,000 year story to ask a super basic question that didn't even need the story. Yeah, it's almost like talking about, you know, your mom baked cupcakes with um, Funfetti and did this and did that with the cupcakes and brought them here and brought them there. 
But why do you think um, Trump was elected? But yeah, why was so why was Trump elected? What what what? <laughs> what does your mom's cupcakes have to do with that question? You know? And that's the and it I mean, I know people that sounds extreme, but that is literally how it went. It was completely unrelated. It's like pulling something out of your pocket, giving some long description of it, and then asking what time is it? Like, you know, right. one has nothing to do with the other. But anyway, if they're going to tell you to shut the fuck up at Politicon when you're soapboxing, I don't entirely disagree that's disrespectful. It's a waste of people's time. And it's not only disrespectful to the people of the said White House, it's disrespectful to all of the other press people who are there to ask questions because you're wasting their time. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. I think that that... The White House has the right to do something like that. And I know they're going to say, oh, well, you know, he has a right to be there. But then it gets down to whose rights trumps whose. Well, then. No pun intended. It's not like they revoked CNN's press passes. They just said, no more that dude. Maybe CNN should find a different dude who's less of a douchebag. Well, but what did the judge ultimately decide? To give him his shit back. Yeah, and it was just on a temporary basis. But then what's occurred since then is that the White House has given up the fight. And they just gave him back the press credentials. But now they have some rules that you're going to have to follow. And I didn't have time to research the rules. But I do know that one of the rules is you're only going to be able to ask one question. That seems reasonable. You know what they're going to whine about now? Well, I ask a question and you give an answer. And what if I want to want to follow up on that question? Yeah, they should probably let you ask a question and a follow up question if needed. But the follow up question should have to be related to the original question. Right. Same topic. Yeah. So it's one topic per yeah. person. Two questions asked. Max. I don't know. I think. The ruling is very interesting, um, but the fact that the White House decided to give up tells me that they could not come up with a strong enough argument against what the judge already said. I feel like if this dude had like a recorded history of acting this way, they'd have had more legs to stand on. Yeah. But it's like when you try to fire somebody, it can't be their first offense Right, and even though they can say, oh, he's done it before. There's no documentation. The judge is going to say. Prove it. Well, he did He did it before. I can see it on the screen. Here it is. Here's the video of it. But what was your response to that behavior? Right. Oh, well, I let him come back the next time and behave that way all over again. Yeah, so you accepted his behavior. So actually, the fact that you're bringing it up now, yeah, I'm going to rule on the fact that you're right. He shouldn't act that way. But I'm going to give him back his press pass, though, because you made it a habit of allowing him to act that way. Now he's on notice. He can't act that way anymore. Well, and it it kind of set the precedent for being able to revoke press passes for people acting like that. I mean, maybe the rules weren't harsh enough for being disrespectful. And they needed to change them. And they needed something like this for the motivation to change them. Well, right. I mean, maybe maybe they need to get it with the times, you know. But seriously, 
aren't there more fucking important things for people to talk about than some reporter getting his press pass revoked? Like, who cares? Well, but it's like what Abe always says, and he's 100% on point on this, is he always says, hey, hating Trump, it's not a world view. And he's absolutely correct. You know, why, so, Mr. Whatever, whoever you are, why should I vote for you? Because I hate Trump. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's not an answer to that question. Well. You know? Like, it just isn't. It almost feels like, because this seems so freaking trivial. Like, this just seems like, why is this headline news? Why is this headline news everywhere? What are they distracting us from? Yeah. What are they using this to distract the media from? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You could concoct quite the conspiracy theory. You really could. Yes, you really could. It would be amazing. Honestly, I think there was more press coverage of that than there have been. Like, I mean, I'm judging entirely by how many times Facebook goes live. The, like, news stations go live on Facebook because that's Uh the only news I really pay 1% attention to. Uh Uh-huh. Um, there's, there's more news coverage of this dude losing his press things than there was of the fact that there was a shooting in Chicago. I thought that's what you were going to say. I hoped it wasn't what you were going to say, but I thought that was what you were going to say. Because when you think about it, that's pretty disgusting. Well, I can think tell you. Think about that. That's disgusting. Like, the, but, but, but on another hand, hold on. I just thought of something. If you think about it. They're defending him because they're in the same line of work. Of course. And they depend upon the same rights and privileges that he gets to get where they get. But still, headline news? Really? Well, right. It's hypocritical is what it is. Oh, we have all these big problems in the world. Why does Trump have to make it about arguing with people? It's so hypocritical of the news media to do this because all they do is bitch and moan about how come Trump has to have a petty argument with such and such senator when we have, you know, big problems of our own with immigration and right. this and that and the other thing? And then, do they talk about the problems with immigration and this and another thing? No, they got to talk about Jim Acosta lost his press pass. Meanwhile, four people are dead in Chicago from a shooting. Or however many people in Thousand Oaks. They don't say a freaking word. I mean, there was so little press coverage about what happened in Thousand Oaks. And I know that most of that was because of the major fire that hit the exact same area. At the exact same time. At the exact same time. And it was a... I don't want to say it was a bigger deal. But it was affecting more people Coincidence much? Why would that be a coincidence? Did we not... What do we know about the Las Vegas shooting? Zero. And... How did the room next door get locked from the inside if he uh, locked it? You should keep your conspiracy theories for another day. But think about that. We should save the whole pile of Las Vegas things for another episode because we could go on and on and on about that. Well, but just, uh, we shall. But what I'm saying is coincidence much that they didn't tell us any answer to that. And then... Now they just kind of brushed this under the rug and they didn't want to talk about it. It was a former soldier with the U.S. military and suddenly a fire erupts. Hmm. 
I don't think the government started the fire to cover up a shooting. Why not? Because it seems asinine. Why? Why would it seem asinine? Now you sound like the people who think the government planned 9-11. No. Yeah. Different, different thing entirely. No. It wouldn't take thousands of people to pull this off. Two people could do it. You're right. It just took one angry power line. Yeah. Two people could do it. The guy that has the idea and the guy inside the power company that they have planted there for a time like this who caused the issue, in quotes. <coughs> that is what I'm getting at. Refute that. Okay, conspiracy theory. Give it a try. No, I'm Knock not it down. To. Knock it down. Beat the crap out of it. You can't argue with conspiracy theories because they're just so ridiculous they just add but what's ridiculous, ridiculous about that? What's ridiculous about everything. that? What, though? Why is everything about it ridiculous? You don't think one person could have started the fire? I don't think it was the government, dingus. I already fucking said that. you don't think one person couldn't have done it on purpose? Is it possible, yes or no? Of course one person could have done okay, it. Okay, well, if one person could have done it, then why is it a stretch to think that one person within the government did it? Because it's ridiculous to think your government would fuck up that much things. You don't think they've done it before? I just think it's ridiculous. Okay. Spoken like a Canadian, for sure. Spoken like somebody who's being condescending. Hey, you're out. I'm living. I'm going to own that one. Yes. I was being condescending to you because you're a giant pain in my noggin. You're like a donkey kick. So, that was that. It's a weird situation, and I don't trust the whole thing. But he... Anyway, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> okay. So, the last thing I guess I'll, I'll mention is that I did go... To since you insisted that I talk about this, you be quiet, he Mister. Wants Ms. He wants Miss Olive to come back and play with it. There is no Miss Olive. It's pretty girl. Oh, it's a chunk of chunk. Um. Anyway, so I went to my first like headbanger concert in like a lot of years <laughs> yesterday, and let me tell you, <laughs> my age kind of showed. Um, there at the end, I was having a hard time hanging at the very, very end, but I, I toughed it out, dealt with the pain. They need shorter concerts. Um, you know, half sets with yeah. one opener. Yeah. Half the price. Yeah. It's like half day kindergarten for two shows. Yeah. Well, those aren't really stupid ideas though, because you could bring know. in more people that way. Oh, I know. You might, you might be able to charge, you know, like, like look at Coin charging $25 a ticket. They could drop it down to $15 a ticket, but get this. Fill the place up twice. Guess what? They're making $30 for think, filling it up once. Think about it. There's, there, so there's two opening bands, and they did an hour and a half show. Take one opening band and do a 45-minute show. And then, and then anybody who just bought like 
the single show ticket. They should go. And then do the other opening band and the other 45 minutes of their set. And let people buy tickets to both for like a regular ticket price. And then give them like half price for the other ones. Well, yeah. Genius. How we got to this is from what I was saying is beyond me. But it is You said you were tired because it was so long. And I was trying to give them. Well, what I was tired from is like, okay... You know, you get there and you've got to get a good spot, right? So whether you like the opening act or not, you've got to be there for the opening act. So we were like number 20 in line to get in. Mm-hmm. So I walked right up and everybody was on the barricade already. Mm-hmm. And I basically got dead center. They had the singer's lead singer's microphone stand up. And yeah. I was like dead center right on that thing. Yeah. And second from the, so it was barricade, a person, then me. And so you're there for the opening act, no big deal. And you can tell because the security guards that are there, it's like this twiggy little guy, you know, and he just tries to look tough. But he kind of looks like, um, he kind of looks like Chris from uh, Kalen's Baby Daddy, the black guy. He kind of looks like him, the security guard. I don't know and, that I've ever seen him. Yeah, he's been on the show a few times. So Anyway. He, he kind of looks like that, but just kind of wimpy, you know, and really nothing happens. Then the second opening act comes on and a little bit bigger dude comes out to be with Mr. Skinny. Okay. And then nothing happens, right? Then the lights go out for As I Lay Dying to come on and they just roar, push forward and bum rush the stage. Well, I'm going to tell you. After they pushed forward and bum rushed the stage, I was still barricade person than me. They were not going to get in front of me. Some people had elbows to the sides, shoulders, whatever it took, kicking my my foot like a mule. Um, I'm pretty sure I got one guy right in the balls, but they were trying to climb over me. Like literally tried to use me. They were trying to use me as a human ladder. And like this one super tall guy, he had to be like six foot seven, six foot eight. Why he was he just tall. Step over you? Well, I don't get that either. I think he could have probably. He was big enough too. Like you've seen Gonzalo. Uh huh. Imagine somebody about that big. Why didn't he just pick me the hell up and move me out of the way? That's what I don't get. And he could have, but he's trying to climb up my back. And I just took my fist, put it over my hand, and made an elbow motion and whack, whack, twice to his ribs. He backed off a little. Backed off a little bit. He'll have a nice bruise today. But then at the very, 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 very end, so (coughs) they ended the show. But then, of course, you know there's going to be an encore because the lights don't come on. And you're waiting to see them come back out. And then all of a sudden you hear the music start. And my God, here they come. Like 10 times worse than when the lights first went out the first time. Crushing you, you know. And I'm like in there and I'm swaying to the left and to the right and backwards and forwards. Because that's how the crowd's moving. Like in a weird, shaky, rocking motion. It was a trip. And then all of a sudden... 
it gets me the they did two encores in a row so they did three total encores they're going into the third encore and i'm like i can't breathe like it's too hot down here that's right anyway i can't breathe so i'm like stretching my neck like a damn giraffe so i can get some fresh air above the crowd it's the only way i survived like i was that close to like i'm out of here (laughs) and i'm like i am not giving up on the last song Four minutes left of this thing. I'm not giving up. So it was interesting. And then the guy, one of the guys that was on that, tried to push in front of me, was talking to me afterwards and was giving me high fives and fist bumps and gave me a hug. I was like, I thought it was your first concert. Obviously, it's not your first concert. And we were having going back and forth, you know, about how once he realized that I was okay with him being right next to me, just don't try to step in front of me. Then he decided, okay, fine, I'm going to work with this guy, and with two of us, we'll keep people away. And that's what we did. We worked together. But that's it's like being, these concerts are like going to war. See, this is why I wanted you to tell everybody about it, because you're just so excited. But it's like going to war. These people want to fight with you over what? So they can get a little closer? It isn't that much difference. They practically were sitting on my effing shoulders. How much closer can they get by dropping in front of me? And that's the other thing. People were body surfing. And all of a sudden you'd feel like clank to the back of your head. And you look up, oh, there's a fucking shoe above your head. You gotta grab them and throw them. Not the shoe, the person that's attached to the shoe. No, I would steal their shoes. And then like, people climbing across the top of people because they're deathly afraid of falling to the ground which is like probably the worst thing that they can do if they don't want to fall to the ground i thought you were just supposed to relax if you were going to crowd surf yes you are it was insane but it's so intense and it's like i remember the very 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 first time i did something like that it was scary It was scary. Was it? Now it's like not scary because I know what's going to happen. And I also, it's kind of like, okay, one of the things I had to learn, and it's interesting because my personal trainer certification made me learn this. In order to get a heavy, heavy squat, you have to be comfortable bailing out from under the bar. Where, And if you think about it, most things, like if you're trying to curl weight, right, heavy weight, you can just drop it to the ground. You can't do that back here because it'll come down and it'll scratch down your back. It'll smack you in your lower back or your mm-hmm. or your butt or even maybe the, the back of your leg. You don't know. You can get really severely hurt. So you have to know how to bail out. So what the certification taught us was a way to bail out and you had to actually do it like, 25 times in a row to pass the segment. You had to have someone at the gym, one of the gym personnel, had to stand there and watch you do these bailouts. Well, once I learned that, how much weight I could squat, it went up. Well, it's the same thing. You Once you know, okay, I can get out by going over there, or if I really need to, I can go up to the front and have the guard help me over the railing, I'm out of there. 
that's two easy escape routes right there. Is that why they have a barricade at the front? Yep. Because other concerts, what they end up doing, like Hollywood Palladium doesn't have a barricade. And what they do is a security guard pulls you up on the stage and then you walk off the stage. And so the band plays back a little ways. So you might as well have a barricade and let the band come all the way up to the edge of the stage. It's just yeah. dumb not to have the barricade. But it was it was a good time. We had a good time. Hung out cool. with Matt and Alan. Hadn't seen Alan in like a year. And then he gets home, and it's like 10 to midnight. He's like, I have to have a Coke. I have to have a Coke. That's right. I forgot about that. So we went to get him a Coke. Yes. And you had one, too. Just a little one. But anyway, people, that ends that. But let me explain something. We're working on something special for episode number 200. Which is fast. I feel like we just did episode 100. I know. And we really weren't as good at being consistent the second 100 as we were the first 100. What kind of consistent? Just like getting an episode out every day that we're supposed to. Well. Night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Hi, everyone. This is Mike, and I truly hope you enjoyed the show. You're able to subscribe to this show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher so as to never miss an episode. If, by chance, you did miss an episode here or there, you can catch up on all shows, past and present, by heading over to Yogi's podcastnetwork.com forward slash TNR show. Thanks for listening.